Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with my colleague and dear friend, Jackie Cabrera, who has been an educator for well over 30 years, who to me has been an exemplary teacher, friend, mom, wife, and I'm just thrilled to share this time with Jackie here on Bilingual in America. So welcome, Jackie. Yeah, Dina, thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. It really is. Thank you for your beautiful words. Oh, no. Bueno. All truths. No, I speak only truth. So, you know, Jackie, I always like to give people a context of um, someone's bilingual journey. So if you could just share a little bit of your life experience in that light. Sure, I'd be glad to. I was born in Cuba. And I left with my family um, many, many years ago, 1960. And we were um, kind of nomads for a while. We lived in Miami and Boston and New York and New Jersey and finally settled in New Jersey. And that's where I started to learn English. Obviously, Spanish was my very first language. Um, I started to learn English and at home, we, my parents spoke Spanish to us and we answered in Spanish. However, over the years, we realized right away that we were the only non-English speaking uh, family, not only in the school, but probably in, in the town. And it was embarrassing for my siblings and for me to be different. So even though my parents spoke to us in Spanish at home, we spoke um, among ourselves in English. So we understood everything that my parents were telling us, of course, and, um, and they read to us and they really reasoned with us in Spanish. So we had a very, very good receptive vocabulary in Spanish, but we really didn't speak it as much as we should. When I went to high school, there were more Spanish speaking girls actually in my class. And I got more interested in what does it really mean to have this different background? hey, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I had been speaking French for a while from school. And uh, so I started speaking Spanish with my friends and I realized that I'm not different, that, that I am part of the bigger picture, that, that this is important to us. So um, my, my father's work transferred him to Spain actually when I finished high school and we all moved there. And my uh, grandparents, my uncle had left Cuba and were in Spain. So all of a sudden I found myself starting the university in Madrid and yes, I could understand, but I didn't have the academic language really to uh, be a university student. So I really had to work very, very hard. And it took me about two months to be able to participate and understand and read and write in Spanish. And I was taking very difficult university courses, linguistics and philosophy and in Spanish. So I, I really had to work very hard at it, but also there was a social piece and had a lot of fun. And um, I realized that yes, I was bilingual and it was a good thing. And all those years and years and years of listening to my parents speak in Spanish 
made a difference, made a difference. It was there, it, it was inside. I just had to be in a context, be in a social and academic situation to really uh, perfect what I needed to do and to become a bilingual person. I got married, I taught actually in Spain for five years, um, married my husband, we came back to the US, had our boys, I um, started teaching and I just loved working with all my bilingual students because I could see how they were learning English. And it reminded me of how I had to learn English too. And I could see learning another language as a child, which I experienced at the age of five when I learned English, and also learning, uh, perfecting another language as an adult when I was 17, 18. So it gave me a great perspective to work with kids, with families, and I, I just really enjoyed it. And my husband and I speak Spanish at home, we always have. So I do feel that I'm a bilingual person. It was an interesting journey. And I think most of us have interesting journeys in our road to become bilingual. Yes. So, you know, that's interesting because when I first met you, Jackie, um, to me, you were the embodiment of a truly bilingual person. Like that's how I saw you and, and every experience I had of you. And I didn't know all these details that led to that. And I really, I'm so happy that you shared all of it, the like parts that were a struggle, the parts that where you questioned, the parts where you embraced, because I think every bilingual journey has all those components. You, you have to go through those, uh, those peaks and valleys of understanding what it means to be bilingual, multilingual, um, and bicultural and multicultural. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I don't think I really became a, a true bilingual, bilingual person until I had gone through the university and was able to read and write and speak and listen, not only in a social way, but in an academic, in an academic um, manner also. Yes. So I think this is a perfect segue to my next question, which is, what would you say are the three most important factors that really allowed you to become a like a really strong bilingual person? Because I think people, I don't know if they're looking for the magic formula, but you know, people are, are looking for the things that really make a difference. Yes, and I can see throughout my life, I would say that um, the, the very first strong influence was my parents. They continued to speak to us in Spanish. They really made it a priority to not only speak to us uh, what I would call kitchen Spanish, you know, um, sit down, eat your food, drink your milk, um, mm -hmm. get dressed, but they raised us in Spanish. It was intentional. They reasoned with us. They used the richness of their vocabulary to teach us how to think, to teach us our values, to have conversations with us about life, about what kind of people we wanted to be. Uh, so it was really intentional, deep conversations. They raised us and we were able to comprehend and think and reason, um, understanding what they were telling us in Spanish. And of course there were songs and stories and jokes and a lot of cooking and recipes. Uh, so it was a, a great deal of 
cultural um, Spanish, if you will, inside the home, inside the home. Mm -hmm. And also we had the exposure to the traditions, uh, which, which helped us to understand that, yes, people do things differently and it's great and it's great. Um, so I think the, my parents and raising us in Spanish exposure, uh, we had the exposure also to Spanish speaking countries. We traveled to in, visited in Puerto Rico, our families, we lived in Spain. And uh, so those I think are two very important pieces. What's done in the home, the exposure, um, in, a, in, in a Spanish-speaking country or in a Spanish-speaking society. And we socialized with Spanish friends in high school. Uh, my parents had friends who came to visit us. And of course, they spoke in Spanish. So um, we, we really could see that it was not just my family, but it really was important in the outside world. Mm -hmm. So I think that that really was was those are the three main components I think that were important in my life and being immersed, um, especially in, in the Spanish speaking world and all it, all it embodies, I think is very important. Yeah. Remember, I feel like, I don't know if they're as common as they used to be, but when people used to do immersion programs and, and just go live with a family yes. and, Right, the value yeah. of all of that, like you cannot underestimate that. That is so important because you see that people really are the same and it's okay that we think differently. It's okay that we do things differently. Um, my son did an immersion program in Guatemala and he used the Spanish that we speak at home, but there was different vocabulary words in Guatemala and he really had to come out of himself to make himself understood, um, even though it was the same Spanish, but different vocabulary words. Right, uh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that about your son, how beautiful. So I don't know if we, your, you know, your last answer kind of touched on this and certainly there's not more to say about this, but if, if we were to speak to a monolingual family who wants to nurture bilingualism in their family. Is there anything else that you would say to them as, you know, a suggestion, a, un consejo, like, you know, really do this, nurture that bilingualism in your family? Well, I think um, today there are so many advances in technology, first of all, that families can really take advantage of, um, of course, supervised with their children, but even FaceTiming with, with either a family member who speaks Spanish or, or a pen pal, not, not pen pal anymore, it's called, but somebody who does speak the language. There's so much in technology that you can really see um, videos and hear music and, and almost visit other countries virtually. And that I think is is, is, is a real, something important that parents can look into and try to um, try to give their children an opportunity to do something with that. Also the resources in the community. Now there are so many libraries that have story hours in Spanish, so many uh, different conferences and shows and plays, theater, music, concerts in the community that are in another language. And I don't just don't mean Spanish, I mean any language. 
um, holidays that are celebrated by um, people of the culture that whose language you're interested in. So I think resource in the, resources in the community can also be very worthwhile, something worthwhile to explore. Sports activities. Some, there are some sports activities that are, are really done in, in, in with, other, with children from other languages, from other cultures that can also be something valuable. I remember um, my nieces, actually their first language was Russian. And for them to continue in the language, they had a swimming instructor, instructor who went to the Y with them at open swim and swam with them using Russian. So um, they were doing an activity that they enjoyed, which was swimming. And they were also interacting with somebody who spoke their native language. Oh, I love that. I've never heard anyone suggest anything like that, but that is so rich because experiences, you know, really resonate and the memory stays in our brain. And if we attach language to that, oh, I, that is like, I feel like you're speaking a, a new love language for me. <laughs> I <laughs> and I think that. also we have to realize that our children are each unique. So maybe one loves sports, soccer. And there's a soccer team with, with children who, who speak another language. Well, maybe that's, that's their way of, of enjoying the other language by doing something they love. Maybe another child loves art uh, or music. It's, it's just finding out the uniqueness of each child and finding a hobby that pertains to them and maybe exploring aspects of it in another language. Yes, that is, I, I really see the value and, and just the richness of an experience like that, that could really maximize all, you know, and we tend to sometimes overschedule our kids, but if we did it that way in a more organic way, then it's not like you're taking the language class and you're taking a swim class. No, it's all like, you know, woven in together. That's, that's beautiful. right. And I think you use the word richness. And I think that's what we try to, to offer our children, the richness. And then from the point of view of the adult, it, it, a little bit intentional. You you have to see the, find out the intentionality of, of your goals and and try to pursue them. Yes, no, that's beautiful. So Jackie, I would be remiss if I did not also take this time to connect to the expertise that you have as an educator. You worked for many, many years with um, special ed children. And um, this is a question that parents often ask me. Just thought that we can touch upon it a little bit. You know, you know, so should children who have IEPs, individual education plan, speak more than one language? Or should, should I be teaching my child, you know, should I continue to nurture our, our our home language, if they're learning and doing everything in English, maestra, they often are conflicted with this, uh, you know, am I doing more good or harm, you know, kind of. It's a very valid question that parents have, and it's not easy to really raise a, a child who is fully bilingual. Uh, it takes a lot of, of intentionality. And when you have a child who has special needs, parents wonder, am I doing the right thing? What should I do? And in many years past, educators told parents, oh, no, 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 just stay with English, stay with English. But we've learned a lot since then. 
because again, that word richness, the richness of a parent's language is their native language. That's the richness that they have. And when they speak to their children, all their children, their language is, is that much more developed and much more organic, as you say, and they can express themselves. And the children are listening to this. And children with um, special needs, with IEPs, can definitely, definitely, should definitely be exposed to the language that families are speaking at home. They're part of the family, part of the family. And as such, they definitely deserve to be enmeshed in all the traditions, in all the language, the richness of the language that is taking place at home. And definitely the music, the cooking, the traditions, the socialization with uh, relatives. Now, I've always, I've always thought it might take a little bit longer. It might take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but I've had experiences with families who have come to me and said, oh, maestra, my, my, my child is now able to sing our songs at church on, the, on Sunday when we go. Now they can understand. Now they're singing. Now they're participating in church. And, and, and they're just glowing. It may take a little bit longer, but if you do expose them and you continue, again, intentionally speaking and, and, and sharing your culture and all that you are in your native language, children will learn. They will pick it up. It's also, I think, important to speak to your child's teacher because and, and ask, how is my child functioning? What is my child learning? How can I help at home? Because when you learn skills in one language, those skills will transfer to another language. Hmm. So if your teachers are saying, oh, your children uh, need to develop vocabulary, definitely develop the vocabulary in your native language. If they know the, the word, the concept, the idea of, let's say, colors or numbers, fruits, vegetables, all they have to do is then learn that in another language. They already have that concept. So uh, that I, I do agree with you. I do think that exposing all children to, uh, to your native language is very, very important. Well, for me, you said something so incredibly valuable for people to remember and just keep in the, you know, right in the front burner that it may take longer, but who cares? Because we're going to learn. That's right. That's right. right. And and why are we racing that it has to happen in in this timeline? If, if the, if the commitment is they're going to learn and they're going to have that as part of their culture and their experience and their identity, then who cares how long it takes? That's right. right. Yes. And, and, you know, parents will come and say, oh, my child is finally able to talk to their grandparents. They finally understand the stories of my country. Uh, And and that is a that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And it feeds us, you know, you know, oftentimes I will say in the last year, I find myself in this conversation about identity and, and what you just spoke about, Jackie, is about that. It's like being yes. clear about your intention, 
because yes. it, we're not learning Spanish to check off a box or we're not learning an, another language, you know, our maternal customs or our native customs to check off a box. It's part of our identity. It's, it's who we are. Yeah, it's who we are. It is who we are. And we can connect with other people who are who have similar identities. We understand better and we can also identify with people of other countries and other identities and other cultures because we know what it is to 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 really fly in different cultures and and understand different cultures and understand people and really that's what it's all about understanding each other and respecting each other respecting each other that is all what it's all about hi jackie i just love talking with you and i could spend hours going deeper and, and, and really digging into this conversation. But I do want to close with this. So, you know, our hashtag is speak your beauty. I, I know you speak your beauty in many ways. Just this conversation has left me with my heart filled, you know, just, just feeling really nurtured and we just, you know, so much love. And I hope that our listeners receive it in that way, in the way I'm receiving it. But tell me now, that you are retired. How else are you speaking your beauty out in the world? Oh, well, uh, we continue to speak Spanish at home. And right now we, we downsized, we moved and we're actually in a, in a, an apartment complex. And interestingly enough, there are so many people here from other countries. Uh, we have neighbors from France neighbors from Germany, neighbors from Korea. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to just get together and enjoy each other's culture and enjoy each other's holidays. And there is such a level of understanding and respect when you have grown up understanding other cultures. And that is, it's, it just makes life so much more interesting and rich. I really do enjoy that. I enjoy that very much. That's just beautiful, Jackie. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us and for contributing to our listeners here in uh, Bilingual in America. And Jackie, I've always had huge respect for you. And thank you for sharing your story more in detail. It's just so beautiful. And, and I hope that people can, you know, look and think and set an intention and, and really just enjoy the journey and not be in a race for the journey. That's right. That's right. And it's in the little things that, that we learn and enjoy life and learn. So, and yet, Ina, it's been great to talk to you. I miss our days of working together, but it's so nice to talk to you and uh, to all the parents out there. Just keep, keep at it. Not always easy, but it, the outcome is great. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate it. You're very you. welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.